After years of searching, I'm excited to announce I finally found it. The ancient notebook that leads to the... I forgot to think of a name for the MacGuffin. <laughs> Just a little Indiana Jones joke or something of the such. An illusion, I suppose. <laughs> Welcome under the bridge. <laughs> Welcome to under the bridge. It is the crystal notebook of the Lost Kingdom. I like that. The Crystal Notebook of the Lost Kingdom. With this, I could go back in time and stop Man of Steel from ever happening. <laughs> Would you stop a Deadpool style with just like a knife through the heart? <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. Okay, good. <laughs> no. I just show them their box office projections for the next ten years. Oh. That'd stop them. I- ideally, that would stop. <laughs> I'd leave out the COVID stuff. I don't want to change too much about the future. That's fair. <laughs> you may be wondering, why not go back in time and change anything else? Maybe try to stop the COVID stuff. And the answer is, baby steps. The <laughs> answer is, uh, that's not my fucking job. You don't start <laughs> off strangling baby Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take it small. <laughs> You gotta start with I mean, slight alterations to the pop culture landscape. I mean, baby Hitler is pretty small, so... <laughs> I feel like I should just cut this entire section, but I will not! <laughs> I just made that so much worse, I, I apologize. <laughs> Anyways. Uh. It's been another week, and we're here to maintain a positive chipper attitude, even as the American entertainment world burns down around us. <laughs> Even though the American entertainment industry gives us every reason not to. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Case in point, it's been a roller coaster week for a Mr. Jonathan Majors. Oh boy. Yeah, so I'm... This This is not over yet. This is still a developing mm. thing because his trial is still in August and what have you. So, but there have been some major updates. Some Jonathan Major updates. Oh, well done. <laughs> Great work. That's the stuff. I don't know if I should be proud of that given the context. <laughs> that's why I that that's why I pay you almost as much well, actually exactly as much as I pay me. Which is nothing. <laughs> yes. Anyways. <laughs> uh it was determined by the New York Police Department. Grace Jabari, the woman who told police that Jonathan Majors had assaulted her, uh, there's evidence to support her arrest, and that she was actually the one who initiated the physical altercation. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. She has not been arrested yet, as far as I know. Mm. But, yeah, so that was a bit of an equalizer, and I was pre- I was preparing the whole very important statement of, even if it turns out that this was not the case, you know, that Jonathan Majors hadn't actually attacked her, we still need to take these kind of accusations seriously. Don't jump the gun. Don't immediately start calling for people's heads, but mm-hmm. call for, you know, a steady investigation of evidence, which is presumably and hopefully what this is. Right. But I was I, I was like, oh, okay, that's a not positive development, but it's a development. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> in comes Rolling Stone. Oh, no. With a report containing more than two dozen different sources claiming that Majors has, in fact, been physically abusive in at least one past relationship and been violent on set before. Huh. Well, that's not ideal. <laughs> it is. De- that's not good behavior. It is definitely not. Mm. Now, naturally, Majors' attorney 
has called the allegations false and based entirely on hearsay. Hmm. But here's where things get really bad. Oh, boy. Reportedly, his legal team sent six testimonies to Rolling Stone from previous women that Majors had either dated or was close with to speak to his character. Rolling Stone noted after reaching out to the six women, three say that they never gave Majors' team permission to release those statements. Oh. And another one said her statement had been pre-written and was not truthful. Oh. So basically, like, so, like, three women said, I didn't give you permission to talk about this, and one said that, like, someone basically told her to write a thing against Majors. Yeah. Well, that just... Oh, and it gets dumber. <laughs> it doesn't now. I don't see how, but continue. Yes, when it comes to... <laughs> when it comes to the allegations of Majors' behavior on set, where allegedly he shoved a member of production and physically intimidated another, mm. his attorney then said... It was a result of Major's style of method acting, which can be misconstrued as rudeness at times. Now, again, this is not actual evidence. No. I'm not sure if it's admissible. I'm not sure if any of this is admissible in court. I'm not a lawyer. That's not my job. Yeah. Yeah. However, regardless of innocence, Mr. Majors, I just want to say, if this is the best your legal team can come up with... You need a better legal team. Yeah, this is not a good legal team, bro. <laughs> what a stupid... Oh, he's not He's not a violent on set. He's a method actor. Like, that's better. Yeah, it's like he just chooses to be violent on set. It's like... It's part of getting in character. Yeah, it's like... No, you could... You can choose not to be an asshole, and I'm sure if you're, I'm sure if your character is supposed to be violent. Again, I don't act. I am not an actor, so I don't know how preparing and method acting works. I imagine it's different for diff for different people. But I'll tell you what: if I was being violent on set, would not be the way I would try to get myself in the zone. <laughs> the, if it is true, the funniest thing I've ever seen on method acting was it being pointed out. Nobody ever uses method acting as an excuse to be a decent human being. <laughs> Nobody's ever like, my character oh. is just the most kind, generous thing ever to walk the earth. I better get in a character and just do that round the clock. If someone did do that, that would be a very damning indictment of the actor's normal personality then. <laughs> it's just like... It's yeah, we just like this guy like, better. I don't know if anyone is like if there's a famous actor who is well I'm sure there are but if they're like just their entire thing that they're famous for is being known for being an asshole I'm trying to think of examples I really can't largely because those are the kind of actors I don't usually watch their movies for but I can imagine someone just being like oh you got my coffee cup copy wrong you're just bad at your job fuck off leave me alone I have to pretend to be a good person for once uh. <laughs> That's great. It's like, for my job. <laughs> <laughs> method acting. Or, as it's called when Jared Leto uses it to play the Joker, meth head acting. Mm. No, actually, I'm not going to make this joke slash statement that just came to my head. No, let it rip. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I edit it. I mean... <laughs> oh. I might cut that just... I might cut that just for safety. Yeah, just go ahead and cut that. Yeah, That's right. completely fine. No, that okay. is totally fine. All Please right. do. <laughs> we also have an update on Ezra Miller's situation. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is it improving? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, good. 
The temporary harassment order that was issued against Ezra Miller in Massachusetts was lifted on Friday after a court hearing. Okay. No criminal charges were ever filed. Now, I'm seeing different terminology, depending on what I'm reading, because some say it expired, some say it was lifted. The Deadline article says the order that was set to expire on July 1st was lifted, but that was on the, what, the... That was on Friday, so that means the 30th. So, okay, a day early. It might as well have expired. Oh, okay. Anyways, that is still encouraging. Mm-hmm. That does, that does mean that it's been determined that there wasn't actually a threat in any sense, hopefully. And that they're, ideally, that means that also their mental state is improving as well. Yeah. Now, Miller did say that they've been unjustly and directly targeted by an individual who the facts have shown as a history of such manipulative and destructive action, and it's a case of, I don't know. Mm. Doesn't mean, it does, I mean, the, the, the rampage through Hawaii, that was factual, that happened. Yeah. You cannot pretend all of this shit did not happen. Some of it did. Mm. Remember the choking video? That nobody ever said anything about? Am I crazy? That happened, right? Yeah, right before, yeah. right before everybody went into lockdown, there was that video of Ezra Miller choking someone in public. I yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a whole thing. Nobody ever said a damn thing. Mm. Not Miller's people, not Warner Brothers. Nobody. They just swept it under the rug. So, anyways, <laughs> but no, look, I'm not. Four years is a lot of time. Yeah. So it is entirely possible that in the time since all of this started, they have made strides towards improving. More power to them. Not seeking to bury them. I'm just. I'm just fucking flabbergasted by the fact that nobody no nobody said anything about it back then. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Genuinely, all the best. Just please never play the Flash again. And that doesn't just have to do <laughs> that. Is I would be saying that irrespective of this whole thing, which also means I'm a little bit biased. Yeah, it's fair. But please never play the Flash again. Mm. Anyways, I just figured it was only fair to also provide that update. Yeah, in contrast with what's going on with majors. Yeah, and also because, you know, it's not like... It, it's not like I haven't been reporting on the Miller situation, so I figured it was only fair to be like, yeah, this is... A- this is a thing. Stupid video started auto-playing. Oh. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Don't you just love news sites like that? I do. I really do. Let's go into... I'll save the writer strike updates for near the end. Okay. So... Right, some good news. Some genuinely good, non-actor controversy-related news. Oh, boy. We have our Superman and Lois Lane for Superman Legacy. Yay! Clap, 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 clap. Indeed. David... Sorry. (laughs) No, it's all good. (laughs) David Cornsweet will be playing Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman. Okay. And Rachel Brosnahan will be playing Lois Lane. Okay. Now, I've realized, since checking the whole who's screen testing thing, I actually am... Vaguely familiar with both of their work. Okay. And that David Cornsweet was a character in Pearl, which I still haven't finished watching. Which I think I mentioned last time his name came up. Rachel Brosnahan, I also realized, was a character in the Netflix United States adaptation of House of Cards. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. She wasn't one of the major characters. She was mostly there to inform another character's spiral into madness, but I thought she was good. (sighs) Naturally, as you can expect... This is generating some discourse over the internet. For the most part, people seem to be generally optimistic to neutral on this news. 
The Henry Cable stands are of course out in full force, but man, some of their some of their comments are the stupidest shit I've ever fucking heard. <sighs> like, oh man, this Superman's gonna be tiny. It's like, yeah, because fucking Henry Cable didn't have to work out. He just fucking <laughs> naturally emerged, fully formed from the thigh of Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> He just had that physique. He was born like that as a baby. He was born. Yeah, he was just like, Mother, I will be Superman. Uh, he was born with it. It was not Maybelline. <laughs> uh, very good. Thank you. <laughs> and you know what? Now it's time for it's time for that segment. Play play the hits, boys. Do 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 do. Pay your fucking writers. Very good. All right. Writer strike is still ongoing. Of course it is. Yep. I uh, don't think I don't think there's much else to say about that at this point because at this point major productions in LA have all shut down mm-hmm. because of the picketing. Yeah. Do you have an update on the possible Screen Actor Guild strike? Okay. Their negotiations were set to expire. Well, the contract was set to expire Friday at midnight. It's been extended to July 12th. So mm. for now, no actors strike. Okay. SAG-AFTRA released an open letter, which stated. No one should mistake this extension for weakness. We see you, we hear you, we are you. Okay. But, should be noted, 300 or so members of SAG-AFTRA, including actors such as Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, and Ben Stiller, wrote a letter that was urging the union to not compromise on some fundamental points, including better compensation and artificial intelligence using actors' likenesses. (laughs) Which is fair. Yeah. That is completely... God, the... AI, this whole AI thing, and how that's just getting into every corner of this whole issue is just insane. It really is nuts. Mm-hmm. And somewhat related to that, I probably should have put this beforehand, but mm-hmm. it does. it's not as impactful without <laughs> mentioning that the actor strike got extended. Mm-hmm. Just hours before the contract was set to expire, Captain America Brave New World wrapped filming. Oh, really? Yep, so major filming is done. They'll probably end up doing reshoots at some point, probably once the writer's strike is over, because it's mm-hmm. not like they can make any changes to the script right now. Yeah, no. But for now, it's going into post-production. Okay. And hey, you know what? Maybe this will occur- Like, okay, the thing about Marvel movies is they tend to be making changes up until very late in the production cycle. Maybe this will mm. force them to take a step back a little bit and maybe go in with a more complete script. Ideally. That would be nice. Because that leads directly to the crunch on VFX workers, because when scenes are constantly being changed and needed to be touched up and redone, but you still have to meet that release date, puts a lot of undue stress on people. Yeah. So maybe scale it back. Related to this, Deadpool 3 is reportedly almost done with filming. Oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, you would think, but for some reason a lot of people are like, oh, it's already almost done? This movie's gonna suck. It's like, what, you mean that it's got a, you mean that it's got a relatively controversy and setback-free production? Oh, perish the thought! (laughs) You know what, that is kind of an accomplishment in of itself, given the last, like, year with a lot of movies. (laughs) Yeah, plus, y'all chuckle fucks know that most of Deadpool's dialogue is gonna have to be 80-yard, but Reynolds can't improvise until the writer's strike is over, right? You're not going to keep the cameras rolling and keep everybody on set when this could still be going for fucking months. 
Yeah. You get done the parts that need everybody else's involvement, you send everybody else home, and then when this is all over, you call Reynolds back in and go, Go nuts, sir! And hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully. Hit me with your best chimichangas. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's at Ryan Reynolds, not at the writers. <laughs> please don't throw chimichangas at me, I'm on your side. No, it's like not the writers. Yeah, please no. That's like they like they're greasy and they just ruin clothes and all. Just, uh. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the writers. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying don't. <laughs> the writers are all greasy. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah, it's just like breaking news. Fr- Greg thinks writers are greasy. <laughs> you just pick up because it's the first thing I think of. Because technically he's a writer on it. You just pick up Ryan Reynolds. You just throw him at somebody. It's just like. And then they just, like, he just slitters out. It's just like, oh, I've got Ryan Reynolds, like, hot sauce all over my new jacket. Degrees. <laughs> Which, uh. <laughs> that was a fun misspeak slash misunderstanding. Oh, I love it. <laughs> mm. No, it's amazing the legs people go to to spin this shit. Mm. It's like, what? No, the production's going smoothly. It, maybe it's not going That's... smoothly, but it's also, they can only do so much when you can't do improv on it. Yeah, and when you can't edit the script at all. Yeah. You kind of have to film it as it is. And maybe yeah. it'll be garbage. Who knows? Or it could be they got it out the gate. That's definitely going to be... I don't know how many movies are being finished in this in this space. Because of this space of a few months, which is a few months longer than it should have been. But I'm definitely going to be curious about how these sets of movies that are coming out where... They have to be finished as is because the writer strike was happening, so that they couldn't like change the script or anything. I'm definitely curious to see how they come out in their final product and how they're remembered later on. Likewise. Yeah, because I don't think it's going to be a situation like the previous like writer strike, like ten, fifteen years ago, where Hollywood just went, "We don't need writers; we'll just make our own movies." That is demonstrably and well known to being a very bad time for movies. <laughs> oh no, I think they're still going to do that if the strike goes on long enough. Hmm. Yeah, see, the thing is, studio executives want to make money, and they're stupid. (laughs) That is the whole reason the strike is occurring in the first place, because they want money, but are stupid. Fair. So, what I see happening is an exact repeat of 2008. We get a lot of mediocre shows and movies in about a year's time, because they were all filmed under these conditions. Some might turn out good, but Hmm. we're probably going to get some real bottom-of-the-barrel shit. Yeah, probably gonna get some stinkers along the way. Case in point, guess which Transformers... It's a trick question, they're all bad. But... <laughs> Transformers 2 came out during... Okay, except Bumblebee. Does Bumblebee have Transformers <laughs> in the title? No. And don't get me wrong, Rise of the Beast, still pretty entertaining. Yes, very. All Michael Bay Transformers movies are bad, I should say. Hmm. But only Bumblebee is good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, point is... The second Transformers movie was a result of the writer's strike. I forgot about that, and that explains a lot. (laughs) Doesn't it just? Yeah, yeah. All right. (laughs) All right, let's go to trailer time. Trailer time. It's trailer time again. We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. I love it. (laughs) We got a proper trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. I am now fully on board just because of the whole thing of produced by, from the producer of Mufdrigan. I mean, producer doesn't mean jack shit. 
necessarily, I, but... I know, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's marketing, but it's marketing that has me at least decently more interested. And also, they showed more of the movie with this, and that also makes me a lot more interested, too. Yeah, it gives me a lot more of an idea of the general plot summary, which I... I'm not gonna say I needed, but it helps. Yeah. Because now I know what they're going for. Now I... At least now I know why the why the kid gets involved. Mm-hmm. Because she was brought along, presumably, because it was just supposed to be a boring, safe job. Yeah. Actually, I, I am kind of curious how that's going to pan out in the movie, is the thing when she's brought on and he goes, I work and you sleep. And I'm just like, why is she even here? Presumably because <laughs> he couldn't get a sitter and didn't want to leave her alone. Hmm. Sitters cost money, and if you're broke enough to take a job security guarding an old dank warehouse with animatronics. Hmm. That's fair. No, I I will say, from this trailer, I kind of figured this was, and it probably still is to a decent extent, another case of popular video game cash grab, but this actually looks pretty good now. Yeah, the scare factor is low, but the cheese factor is high. The cheese factor is very high. And I'm here for it. (laughs) I will say the daughter is also adorable, like, especially, even though she doesn't do much in the trailer, but she's adorable, especially in the bit where they're in the Uber, and he's like, alright, where are we going? The driver just (laughs) sees the head of Freddy Fazbear, she's like, ah! He's like, why do I always get the weird ones? And you just see her sitting next to his head, just like, having like the just cutest smile ever, it's like, (laughs) alright! Yeah, I wonder if that maybe gave too much away, though. It probably did. Because, historically speaking, I guess spoilers for Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. The animatronics usually aren't hostile to children, I don't think. Yeah, that generally. is a different take. Yeah, generally speaking, which is a different take. So it could be they assume that they want to hurt the kid, but actually they just want a friend. Mm-hmm. Because, historically, they don't trust adults. Right. Because they are ghost children possessing animatronics. Yeah, as I say, it's probably a thing of... I mean, ugh, I don't really, really want to guess, like, what happens, even though I think it's kind of telegraphed. Because the, what I think has happened, it happens, is kind of obvious, but it also makes a lot of sense mm. um, for children to be distrustful of adults. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Especially- but no, this actually... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, you know what? I won't give it away, because I... Something about Matthew Lillard's character is a thing, but I'm not gonna... <laughs> Fair. Not gonna not gonna do it, Zoinks. Mm. Mm. But no, this looks like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Zoinks. Because <laughs> he was shaggy, you see. I keep on forgetting about that. <laughs> he was also Stu in Scream. Hmm. And that other guy in Hackers. <laughs> I forget, I forget his name though. Right. In Hackers. <laughs> Anyways, we only have to wait till the end of October, so it's coming up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not too far away at all. We also got a longer trailer for Dune Part Two. Probably also too long. And I need to watch the first movie. <laughs> I came very close to falling asleep. I feel like I need to watch the first movie because the trailer for this one made me significantly more interested in it overall. No, you know the fucked up thing? I feel like I also have to go back and rewatch Dune because I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I'm watching this whole thing go down and I'm just like, okay, wait, who is... I know the monochrome people are the bad guys, but mm-hmm. but aren't these other guys also like 
aristocrats or something, so why am I rooting for these fuckos exploiting what I assume are natives to... I don't fucking... I get the feeling, again, as someone who has not seen either of the movies, or either of the movies, because the next one's coming out, or read the books for that matter... Same. I, I imagine this is one of those cases where nobody is really the good guy here. That could very well be the case. Mm-hmm. The most exposure I've had to Dune prior to watching the last movie is the Billy and Mandy episode that parodied it. Oh, I don't remember that. It was the one where Grimm let them look into the future, and Mandy was transformed into a giant worm-like immortal creature who rules over a, de- a planet of cinnamon that gives her immortal life. Oh. And she was cloning Billy's to keep her company, and there was a resistance movement led by Irwin. <laughs> and she caught the resistance by tricking Billy into thinking that her weakness was frogs. Oh, okay. It was a weird episode. It wasn't until much later in my life that I found out it was a Dune parody. Oh, okay. Billy and Minnie has always had those moments of, this is, like, sweet, but in a really weird and moderately fucked up way, where, and that's my reaction to it being that she clones Billy just to have some company. Part of my brain goes, that's kind of sweet. But I also realize that it's Mandy's. It's like, but... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What a thing. Anyways, Dune, part two. It comes out in November. I I guess I'll watch it. Yeah, I guess I'll watch it as well. In for a penny and all that. Mm. Insert Arrakis-based metaphor (laughs) here. I don't know. I, I I barely paid attention to the first Dune, so... Mm, it's fair. So I don't know the metaphors. <laughs> Good cast, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, same. Solid fucking cast. Yeah, this cast looks amazing. We still got Dave Batista and Zendaya and all of them, so... Looks like it'll still be a, a solid cast throughout. Is Dave Batista still in this one? I believe so. Huh. I thought he died... What do I know? I, I forgot most of the first movie. Well, I don't know if the if the first bit of the trailer for this one was a um, a flashback scene. Mm. So, could be wrong about that. Josh Brolin. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Always a pleasure. Indeed. So then we also got a trailer for Retribution, a.k.a. I think Liam Neeson is genuinely losing his memory because he's made, like, three movies like this. I was genuinely disappointed when the plot actually went into the whole oh no he's serious he's just blowing random people up plot because i thought what it was with that initial phone call when the guy was saying there's a bomb under your seat and he hangs up on him and then Liam Neeson hangs up on him and someone else's car blew up i was thinking it's like oh is this gonna be some weird like comedy action thing where there is actually a car bomber but he's targeting the wrong person <laughs> and it's why just would the- you think that I don't know, because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this seems like another Taken parody. There's only, because the man's done a million of these, so it's like, there's no way they're going to do that again. But I also went, that would be interesting, but also really fucked up. I have a (laughs) follow-up question. Yes? Who do we pitch this to? (laughs) I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I thought it was going to be, um, oh god, what's the movie word? He lives in Alaska. He's like the citizen of the. He's like the best citizen and whatever. But he's cold also pursuit. like cold pursuit. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a weird, like cold pursuit, like kind of like cold pursuit. But guy is like trying to target Liam Neeson, but the antagonist is actually a fuck up and keeps on getting it wrong. But Liam Neeson's character still is compelled to stop him because it's like, hey, people are actually dying because this dude is an idiot. And I was like. 
this is interesting. This sounds cool. And then it turned to the whole thing later of just like, no, no, you have to listen to what I say. And there was actually the bombs under the seats. I'm like, oh, that's so much more boring. That's yeah. so... <laughs> It's such a boring premise. <laughs> I, 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 I never thought I'd hit a point where Liam Neeson action movies look this dull, but to be fair, I did see Memory last year. <laughs> and this is like the third time in recent memory I brought that movie up, despite the fact that I remember nothing about it, despite the name. Yeah. From Liam Neeson, we give you Taken. Car! <laughs> taken, like, take, car bomber. A taken Car Edition. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This seems overly complicated and stupid. Yeah, I, I have z- almost zero interest in this. I say almost because it is ultimately Liam, Liam Neeson being like a weird ass action dad. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which is generally fun ish. Yeah. Wait, are those his? Are those his kids? I think they're supposed. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be his kids. They do know Liam Neeson's gotten old, right? Like. <laughs> No shade, I know Robert De Niro and Al Pacino just recently had kids. Mm. <laughs> but. Yeah, the man's in his 70s. He I'm looks just good saying, for his 70s, but he is in his 70s. He'd be more at home in The Expendables than not. Man, I would love to have Liam Neeson, even as a cameo, show up in The Expendables. Oh, he wasn't? Uh, I was half expecting you to tell me he was. I mean, I don't think he was. Hold huh. on. No, he has not been in The Expendables. Cool. I mean, you know better than me. <laughs> and then, and then, the thing we just got today. <laughs> the thing that my wonderful coworker brought to your attention. <laughs> Curse you for that. <laughs> no, I, I, okay, I do kind of share the blame because you showed me the, that. And I was just like, oh no, show that to Cody. I mean, it was like, this looks bad. Show it to Cody. <laughs> Suicide Squad Isekai, an anime. And by the way, that is not even us trying to generalize it. It is actually called Suicide Squad Isekai. Which is frustrating as hell to me, not only because it's a lazy-sounding title, but because mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, it seems to be just Harley and the Joker. Yeah. That's not the Suicide Squad. That's just Joker and Harley. Yeah. Well, hey, there's an Amanda Waller cameo, so yeah, but it works. It, it, it looks like she's in the regular world, the DC world, and not the fantasy world. What do you think kills them? And puts them in the isekai world. I don't think anything necessarily has to kill them. Mm. Could be they fall into another vat of acid. <laughs> oh god, if it turns out the entire thing is an acid-fueled murder spree. <laughs> and they just think it's an isekai. Mm. Oh, well, actually, you know what? I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah, n- n- no, that's that's now actually kind of gotten interesting, which is very unfortunate, but still interesting. This show is being done by Wit, which is the same studio that's responsible for, amongst other things, Spy Family. Oh. So. That explains the music. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the most frustrating thing is, it looks pretty stylish. I hate Joker's design, but... I do not like Joker's design. I especially don't like that... I mean, I don't think it, there would have been a really, like, perfect way to translate it into anime, but I really don't like that his teeth is are actually face paint. Yeah. And that you see his normal mouth, it's extremely distracting. It is. The music slaps. The the, the animation itself is cool. But god. Mm. I'm just I'm sick of Harley and Joker as a thing. Hmm. I think the thing that annoys me a decent bit with this, and that's and this is primarily just because over the last year I've consumed a lot more manga and anime 
is that I feel like Harley's overall design is actually pretty good, and she actually looks really cute a lot of the time, and I hate that I feel that I have that reaction, because it's like, no, actually a crazy-ass serial killer. <laughs> and I was like, please, like, everyone, stop, like, I know that's part of the appeal, but it's like, there's a certain point where I'm like, stop making Harley Quinn attractive, because she's a terrible person. <laughs> no, we will not! <laughs> I do actually want to point something out about mm-hmm. her design on the official website. That hopefully okay. does point to more Suicide Squad members showing up. Because All right. she's got a Joker pin. She's also got a pin with a targeting reticle and Peacemaker's helmet. So presumably that's Peacemaker and Deadshot. Oh, okay. So hopefully they'll be showing up. Hmm. And when you think about it, you can see her teeth. And you know who else has teeth? King Shark. So... <laughs> <laughs> now that's a catch. <laughs> that's a... That's a... That's a... That's circle. a stretch. That's a put a red circle on it in the thumbnail with a big giant arrow pointing to it. <laughs> oh, wait. And she's breaking a pearl necklace. Oh, okay. That's a Batman reference. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Anyways. <laughs> this looks neat. I will watch. I am. I mean, I don't think. So far, I don't think it's going to be good, but it looks neat, and it does unfortunately have my undivided attention. This is yeah. very much one of the things, especially with some of the. Oh god, some of the things I've read and watched over the last year. I'm not going to go into it, but TLDR, sometimes I just go, Japan needs Jesus. <laughs> I'm definitely going to, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's like, it's not good, but I can't stop myself from watching it. <laughs> probably right, and I'm probably mm. the same way. <laughs> Let's get in the box office. Oh boy. Did we see the highest grossing domestic movie this weekend? Uh, yes, we did. Oh boy. Because it was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, but let me tell you, friend, it's a sad fucking weekend. (laughs) Alright. Yeah, so Indiana Jones took in $60.3 million domestically this weekend and in total. It's sitting at $130.5 million worldwide. Hmm. Just, just, humor me for a sec. Guess the budget. Ooh. How much do you think they spent on this movie? (laughs) 300. You are correct! <laughs> Why? And this gentleman wins the Rock of Gibraltar! Uh, 300 million. 300 million? Oh, they're boned. They are <laughs> they're so, so boned. fucking screwed! <laughs> now, to be fair, part of this is because this movie originally started filming during COVID and had to shut down, and then Harrison Ford sustained some injuries on set. Can't imagine Why? And that forced them to push shooting back, which presumably also led to the budget getting out of control. There's some digital de-aging in this that probably cut into it. But that's not even counting marketing, as far as I know. Oh, really? Yeah! So this movie actually has to make well over the $600 million to to make a profit, then. Somewhere around there. Which is probably not happening. Baffling! Mm. Hollywood really needs to start reining their budgets in. Yeah. Because, fuck! Again, the insanity that is. Oh, new weekend? $100 million? $200 million? $300 million? Yeah, we can make that work. Snap of the finger gone like that. Just the most insane thing about this industry to me. Yep. Second place, it's Elemental with a $12.1 million domestic weekend, $89 million domestic total, and $187.9 million worldwide. Hmm. Again, though, $200 million budget. Okay. And again, I say, fucking how? (laughs) Yeah, for real. That one I don't understand at all. Mm. Third place, 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. Lagging just a little bit behind Elemental at a $12 million domestic weekend, roughly. It's at a $340.3 million domestic total and $607.7 million worldwide. One of the only sensible movies on this list with a $100 million budget. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but presumably that came from underpaying their crunched animators. Uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to see the problem here. Mm. Could always just not pay the executives as much. Anyways! Or have a reasonable schedule. Or both. Let's. Por que no los dos? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Why'd you do the John Cena theme for that? I don't know. <laughs> it was the first theme song that played in my head. <laughs> Anyways, fourth place. No hard feelings. Okay. $7.8 million domestic weekend for a $29.6 million domestic total and $49.6 million worldwide against a $45 million budget. So it's mm. still presumably got a ways to go if you take the d- double the production budget maxim. But mm-hmm. you never know. They might have spent less on marketing for this. Alrighty. So we'll see. And then in fifth place, I can't... Fuck, of all the things. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Really? Yeah. No sign of the Flash. Or I don't know if you have it marked on there, but I was expecting the Ruby Gilman movie to be on here. No, that's in six, <laughs> and I didn't include it because I didn't actually see it. <laughs> that's fair. I never got around to seeing it, unfortunately. Alrighty. $7.3 million domestic weekend for Rise of the Beasts, for a $136.4 million domestic total, and $381.6 million worldwide, but that's against a $200 million production budget. How does this have a lower budget than Indiana Jones? <laughs> You know what? That's actually a really good question. Between the cars and the CGI and everything going on, how does this actually have a lower budget than Indiana Jones? <laughs> I would assume the production setbacks really hurt them. Okay, that's fair. In the checkbook. Still, still crazy. <laughs> but anyways, let's talk about the old Indiana Jones 5. Indiana Jones and the arthritis flare-up. Indiana Jones and the fractured <laughs> hip. Indiana Jones and the Early Bird Special. Indiana Jones and the Faulty Denture Glue. Indiana Jones and the He's Getting Too Old for This. Indiana Jones and the Visit from the Grandkids. Indiana Jones and the Escape from the Assisted Living Facility. Indiana Jones and the Missing Walker. I've got a million of these. Indiana Jones. I was going to say, how many of these do you have? (laughs) Indiana Jones and the Revoked Driver's License. Indiana Jones and the Mystery Godfather that, or Goddaughter that everybody probably forgot about. (laughs) Okay, thank you for stopping me because that one doesn't actually fit and. <laughs> the point is, we have now seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I almost forgot the actual name. <laughs> that would have been fun. I was too busy making Harrison Ford is probably too old for this jokes. Mm. Which more power to him that he's still doing these. But <laughs> having seen all five now, because I finally watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'll admit I'm not much of a bu- I don't know why I said Bond. I'm not much of an Indiana Jones connoisseur. <laughs> this is basically Disney's James Bond, if uh, we're yeah, completely f- fun honest. S- fun story. Uh, Spielberg and Lucas made this because one of them wanted to make a Bond movie, but couldn't get it. Hmm, okay. So, yeah. But something <laughs> of the such. Anyways, the point is, having seen all five of these, I feel like they're all roughly in the same range of quality. There are ones that I like better than others, but on the whole, they're all still... 80 to 89% range, Harrison Ford does wacky shit that should probably kill him, but doesn't adventure movies. Mm. (laughs) So I like this one. Yeah. I like this one. It ranks probably third tied with Temple of Doom on Indiana Jones films for me. It goes Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
Dial of Destiny and Temple of Doom kind of battling it out, and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I want to stress, I don't hate Crystal Skull, and I don't really understand why Crystal Skull is supposed to be the bad one. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, and I don't think we're getting into it too much, but I will agree to that, because it's also like a thing, like, I remember people saying, it's like, why is this movie bad? It's like, because weird shit happens. Have you seen any of the other movies? Okay, but there's aliens. It's like, the first movie had the literal Ark of the Covenant. It melted people's <laughs> faces, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you, but you draw them. Literally, the most mythical thing in the Bible that I think even, like, people who study the Bible don't really completely understand what it's supposed to be. And But you draw the lines at aliens. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, no, this one is a decent film. I think... Mm-hmm. As a last Indiana Jones movie, it's kind of a letdown. Yeah. No, it I can agree to that. Yeah, it doesn't have that, quite the feeling of finality, which maybe wasn't the intention, but I don't know. It feels like, a, oh, I could easily see them squeezing out another one of these in like two years. Mm. Not at the rate that Dial of Destiny is underperforming, but... Yeah, no. So, for a hopefully non-spoilery description, Indiana Jones is retiring from professoring. Yes. He is leaving the world of academia behind him. Mm-hmm. His marriage is falling apart. We won't go into why. <laughs> Fair. I don't really want to laugh at that. No. <laughs> it's really not funny. I don't understand what you're laughing about. Yeah, I don't either. It's just kind of the thing. I guess I was <laughs> Marital to... problems. Yeah, I was. I guess I was caught off guard by you saying it's like, we're not going to go deep into that. It's like, a, a, okay. It's not yet. Like, yeah, because like, it's because it is a significant spoiler. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, he's a grumpy old man, not sure what to do with himself. Everybody's everybody's real excited about the moon landing, and he's just like, eh, moon is nothing. It's just it's just big empty rock. Whatever. It's also 1969, during the height of, like, the hippie movement and all that. Exactly. And, and our man very much can't deal with that. <laughs> yep. And then his apparent goddaughter, Helena Shaw, shows up, and she's looking for a dialed up along to Archimedes. Mm-hmm. And then Nazis get involved. As they do in these in these series. Well, it's not always Nazis. Uh, no, true. At least once it was Russians. At least once it was Soviets. <laughs> and the Temple of Doom, it was the Thuggies. Mm-hmm. But it was Nazis in three of them. <laughs> Fair. So, yeah, I guess in that's... Wait. Yep, yep. It was, it was Nazis in Raiders. It was Nazis in Last Crusade. And it's Nazis here, so... Three out of five. I was trying to make a pun, and I couldn't think of one, and I thought, wow, you know, it's really gross to try to make a Nazi pun out of this, so I'm just going to stop. You know what? I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> Very good. I, I was getting ready to make one. It's like, no, no, Cody's right. Don't do it. <laughs> Respect. Mm. So I like this. Mm-hmm. There are some things in here that I think are antithetical to an Indiana Jones movie, based on mm. my understanding. Yeah, like, well, such as. Well, I feel like it's kind of a spoiler. To get too deep into it. Fair enough, then we'll save that for the second section there. But I did just think as a general broader point it worked to bring up. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I enjoyed this. I don't know, because the only, the only Indiana Jones movies that I do recall seeing all the way through are this one and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know I saw most of Crystal Skull. I just don't remember all of it. And I know for a fact I didn't see the entire movie. Huh. So... But even from the bits I saw, that I was still like, I don't get why this is bad. This really, especially compared to, like, not even just other Indiana Jones movies, compared to movies in general, this really isn't that 
terrible, but no. I digress. No, it's like, <laughs> man, y'all think Crystal Skull was bad? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like you, y'all need to expand your horizons. <laughs> or Diversify don't, actually. your bonds. Or, or actually, you know what? Don't. Your sanity will thank you. <laughs> uh, don't be like us. Yes. We have seen horror. We have seen evil. <laughs> we have seen the unholy maggots that feast in the recesses of the human soul. They're at camp. Hey, that's no way to talk about Morbius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, this is good. It's entertaining. It's entertaining throughout the entire time. Um, it's kind of a fun... I think the thing that I enjoyed most about the overall tone of the movie is that it still has kind of the quippiness and kind of the adventurous a little bit kind of happy-go-lucky tone of some of the previous movies but it does not hesitate at all to actually mix in some very like uncomfortable and poignant things because the movie goes over to it to a degree that i don't remember um experiencing in any of the movies that i've even seen bits and pieces bits and pieces of it goes through it it very much covers the topics of like separation loss of like life loss of people you love feeling like the world is moving on without you yeah and that you're not even just the thing of like moving on without you the world moving on without you not because you don't want to move on with it but because the world has kind of left the thing that welcomed you initially because mm. it's like without getting like too deeply into it one of the things that is explored in the movie is the things that make Indiana Jones tick and how that's changing with an ever-evolving world. You can definitely see it have it take a toll on him and him trying to, or like not doing a very good job figuring out how to deal with that. Right. So, and I enjoyed that a, a lot immensely because in the moments, especially with one very particular moment, which again, we'll talk about in the spoiler section where it goes into those themes, it does, for the most part, it does them justice like it, it very much drives home like how uh, how much that can affect a person hot take if logan had been more like this i would have liked logan a lot more didn't you say that this was written by the same person who wrote logan same director or same director okay. james mangold he's also the one working on the biblical star wars movie and the swamp thing movie both of which i'm very much looking forward to i don't think he's a bad director i think he's very good just think logan Logan just wasn't a great movie. <laughs> Logan would be a very good movie completely isolated from X-Men, but the problem is it relies on those X-Men movies to establish mm. the emotional connection, and unfortunately it's just not there because most of those movies weren't good. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Just an aside thought. Hell of a also... sucks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was, no, actually, you know what? I was, I'm glad you said that because I was just going to talk about some more, like, nerdy historical stuff about the movie. Oh, shit, I'm sorry to interrupt, please. Oh, no, like, I enjoyed, even though, like, it's the usual thing of, like, Nazis, like, being involved, I enjoyed the general context of it because the movie takes place in 1969 in the U.S. And I guess kind of without, well, is it a spoiler to say, like, that... I think that's maybe a little bit of a spoiler. Okay, then we won't get into that. But I will. En I do. I did enjoy how they introduced the context of like the main antagonist being there because it does, in terms of how he got to America and all that, it makes total sense, and it makes sense in a way that makes the history nerd portion of my brain very happy. Nice. Because 
usually not something that you see, even though it's such a very fascinating and honestly really important part of American history in the Cold War. Not something you really see, like, talked about in, like, movies, especially movies made to appeal to, like, families and shit. I, uh, I don't know I agree with that. I uh, We can get into it more later, though, in the spoiler section. Yes. Yes, indeed. I've seen at least one movie that that also involves this subject. Yes. But Helena kind of sucks. Helena kind of sucks. Holy shit. <laughs> and I, I, I get that it's intentional. It's in large part intentional. She's a dark mirror to some of Indy's more unsavory tendencies. Mm-hmm. Just sort of warped a little bit. Like, she's not yeah. in it for fame. She's in it for money, but she's still ransacking sites and... Mm-hmm. Just not really caring about... I mean, it's not that Indy doesn't care about who gets hurt, it's that Indy can kind of blind himself. Yeah. At this point, he understands that, to a certain degree, that kind of thing comes with the territory. Whereas, for her... But it's still, like, a calculated risk. Yeah. Whereas for her, when that kind of thing happens, I think it's a thing of, like, she also understands it comes with the territory, but instead of it being a calculated risk, it's just like, oh, well, Yep, do it anyway. Yeah, it's like... Don't care. Doing it anyway, so I can get mine at the end. And uh. I mean, so she's not a bad character. No, she's just a bad person. <laughs> her, her narrative function is effective. Yes, it's it's kind of like I'm not like trying to say this as an insult or anything like that, but it's kind of like like Amanda Waller in the original Suicide Squad movie. So you know what? I guess in that sense, it, she's actually kind of brilliant. And actually yeah. works perfectly. Because being annoyed yeah. by her is presumably the intended audience effect. So, bravo, well done, no notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a complaint, just an observation. Mm-hmm. She is, essentially, better than Willy, not as good as Short Round. And this movie's Short Round is also not as good as Short Round. So, <laughs> all in all, would have been nicer to have Short Round. Y- yes, indeed. I miss him. <laughs> I'm glad his actor's getting work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I feel like we need an Indie 6 just to bring Short Round back. <laughs> Maybe a short film. Make it for like 10 mil. Short Round, a short film. Yeah. Mm. Actually, right. you know what? Just give him a short film where he's running a mission for Indie. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that guy. <laughs> Speaking of people I miss, Salah isn't in this nearly enough. I uh, know. <laughs> I'll get, yeah, I'll get into it more in the spoiler section, but. Yeah, he's not in it enough. Hmm. Very disappointed by that. All in all, not an awful lot of cameos from previous movies, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, a lot of these actors are dead and or would be older than the story requires, I think. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Jones Sr. is still alive. I think at this point it would be safe to assume that he is no longer with us. Oh, yeah, especially because his actor's going, doy. Mm. <laughs> R.I.P. Sean Connery. <laughs> this is intolerable. <laughs> uh, so I do, I do really like a lot of this movie. It's mm-hmm. a fun, it's a fun adventure. Yes, the fun archaeological stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot of complaints about the action. I don't really see it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Is it just because? Well, no, I was gonna say it's just because there's guns, but I realized no guns have been used. Plenty of times before, in some yeah. very famous scene in Ark of the Covenant of Wolf of, of Harrison Ford shooting the other guy in the sword fight, <laughs> in the sword fight, completely off the cuff because he had dysentery. <laughs> yeah, what a time. Mm. Anyways, so yeah, I, I I I guess I can understand the actual place in the sense of 
there's a lot more chase scenes than fight scenes, but on the flip side, what do you, what do you want? Harrison Ford's, <laughs> Harrison Ford's old, guys. Yeah, for real. You can't keep doing this forever. Which arguably then raises the point, why bother making one now? But, mm. I still think it was good for what it was. Oh, yeah. And it, and it was actually kind of funny to watch, because, I mean, historically speaking, Indiana Jones is kind of, a lot of the times, out of his depth in fights anyway. Mm-hmm. And the main goal is get away. Like, he can throw a punch, and he'll he'll punch a Nazi like it's nobody's business. But, <laughs> as yeah. one should. As one should. But, I forget where I was going with this. Nazi punks fuck, fuck off. <laughs> Always a good statement. Mm. Right, no, a lot of his action scenes revolve around getting to a point where he can get away without having to fight. Mm-hmm. Or at least... Without having to start a fight, he can't win. Yeah. And then the third act is fucking crazy. The third act goes places that I wasn't expecting, and I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, this is the case of, okay, never in my life did I ever think I'd see this, but after some of the stuff that's happened in other indie movies, I can't complain about it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, like, without giving it away, it's like, yeah, you see the crazy shit that happens in the other indie movies, it's like, I would definitely say that this tops all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, by a very significant margin, some of the events that happen in the final act. And then the ending is a a sweet send-off, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. You got anything else that's not a spoiler, you think? No, I don't think so. All right. So, all in all, this is definitely worth checking out, I think. It's a it's, yeah. it's still a solid adventure movie. There's nothing too terrible about it. I have mm-hmm. some I have some minor quibbles, but again, that's as a I I think I decently understand the Indiana Jones films, but I'm not like the world's biggest fan of them. So, I don't have as much of a horse in the race as other people I know. Right. But definitely worth the watch. I definitely put it on the list for a movie night. Yeah, 100%. And if you don't want to get spoiled on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, make sure to click away in 3, 2, 1. So I think one of the main things that this movie does that doesn't quite feel Indiana Jones, and I understand why they did it, mm-hmm. is the entire opening of the film is an extended flashback sequence of Indy first discovering half of the Antikythera, the dial that Archimedes mm-hmm. built, and rescuing it from Nazis. And it's just a... What was that, like, 20 minutes? Yeah, it was a good chunk of the first bit of the movie. It was at least 20 minutes or so. It was so. a good, like, 20-minute chunk of him and Helena's dad going on this adventure and getting the dial back from Nazis and establishing Mads Mikkel's character, Dr. Wohler? Wohler? Which, well, God, how are these pronounced in German again? <laughs> Wohler, I think. Yeah. So, that kind of, I feel like, violates the spirit of an indie film, because in my... Indiana Jones film, I should say... Because in, in, in Indiana Jones films, to my understanding, having watched all four of them, mm-hmm. typically speaking, you don't really get flashbacks. Yeah. You more get... Okay, occasionally you do. I guess... You know what? I guess that's not necessarily the case. Last Crusade did start with a flashback. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because Last Crusade started with a flashback of him getting a stealing a cross back from some grave robbers only to have to return it because they were paid off by a corrupt sheriff or something right and then in the present day it's him getting the cross back and then going uh, then donating it to the university or whatever but i don't think the cross really factored in that much in the movie proper it was more of a side adventure that then kickstarts the bigger adventure you don't right. usually get how and it was more to establish his relationship with his dad as well. Mm. So, you don't usually get Indy has a 
adventure in the past that then comes back to inform the future, and we're already given a glimpse of how he interacts with the villain and their history. Usually it's just, they'll allude to it, they'll make reference to it, they'll be like, ah, you, you're a real piece of shit, and I hate <laughs> you as well, Dr. Jones. Yeah, they even changed how they did that here, because when Indy sees him, he immediately recognizes him as like, you're a Nazi, and uh, Voller tries to play it off. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's done kind of in a decently convincing way, where I felt like as I was happening, people were kind of looking around and being like, Indy, what the fuck are you on about? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. So, I feel, I, I, obviously I can understand why they did it, and they did it probably specifically because there weren't going to be as many Harrison Ford punches Nazi scenes in the rest of the movies. So they were like... We need a big scene of classic Indiana Jones adventure. Yeah. With uh with with plenty of Nazi punching and whip action and what have you. <laughs> Although he didn't really have the whip for most of it. No, for that first bit the whip was pretty absent. Yeah, okay, never mind on the whip. Not a lot of whip in this movie in general. No, other than like the one scene which unfortunately was also given away in the trailer. Yeah. Or it's like he's whipping like all the guys at like uh, what turns out to be an illegal auction to get them to back off, and then they all pull guns, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'd say that's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> yeah. So, it was a good scene. It just mm -hmm. feels like part of the magic of Indiana Jones is you don't see those build-up moments. Yeah. You don't see that prior connection. You just fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah, because it's... And usually there's not typically a need to, just because it's a thing of like, oh, why are you fighting him? Because he's a Nazi. Right? Oh well, sh oh, well, shit, man. That's all you had to say. Which, I don't know. Part of me feels like, and this kind of goes into the whole like thing I liked as a history nerd with the movie, is that they reveal that Voller is still around because he got paperclipped by the United States after the war. Paperclip referring to, being paperclip being referred to as Operation, Operation Paperclip. Paperclip, which for the uninitiated... You should read on this, because it's actually deeply important. It's the literally half the reason the space program as we know it exists. Or watch Captain America the Winter Soldier and just replace Hydra with Nazis. Yes, actually. But no, it's like, for the uninitiated, it's when, after the war, we very discreetly took some of Nazi Germany's top, like, scientists and engineers and whatnot, and very discreetly hired them to work on our space program. We said you can either make rockets for us, or you can go in the hole. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, one of the most influential, infamous, what have you, being... Oh god, why am I blinking? Oh, Werner Von Braun, mm. who I want to say is like literally the person who created the V2 rocket. We paperclipped him, and he gave us the Saturn V rocket. <laughs> but, and the hole. And then the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know what happened after he delivered the rockets. I'm just yes. guessing. But no, it's like, I feel like... Part of my brain is going, they kind of explored that more to kind of really dig in and justify why he was fighting Voller. Because it's like, yeah, but why is he still a Nazi? He's an American and all that. It's like, no, no, not really. Yeah. Even though we kind of got a small hint of it as well when he's talking to like the black bellhop at the hotel. Just being just a racist like, asshole. Just being very racist indeed. <laughs> it's just like, okay. And even rubbing salt and we're going... Enjoying the victory because you didn't win. Hitler lost. Yeah. So. Which, I'd say, not the most inaccurate statement. No. <laughs> You're not wrong. 
I appreciated that aspect just because it's one of those things where, I don't know, maybe it's just because I haven't seen enough movies that really, like, cover this even in a fictional standpoint. For some reason, Operation Paperclip and the effect that it had overall, not something that I usually see in movies very much. Even, the, especially, like, family-oriented movies like this one. I think it's, part of me just thinks it's kind of one of those things where, like, movie go movie makers don't want to really go into the whole thing. of like, yeah, we hired Nazis to build our space rockets. Yeah. <laughs> kind of puts a damper on the whole patriotic pride of the moon landing, don't it? Yeah, but it's, I mean, I personally don't care because I think it's just a deeply fascinating bit of history to begin with. We put an American on the moon with precision German engineering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, also, super quick little nitpick about the de-aging Indiana Jones. The de-aging is mostly fine, but... But it don't change his voice, right? No, his voice is still oh. very much... <laughs> it's it's Harrison Ford now, as opposed to Harrison Ford as he would have been at that age. Which, I don't know what the better alternative would have been, if I'm being completely honest. Because mm. modulating his voice would have been a little weird and a little icky... And getting a replacement voice actor would have been... So, I guess, best of a bad situation, I suppose, but man, is it noticeable. I mean, I, I feel like that's one of those things that was sacrificed given the ballooning budget. Yeah. So, that would make the most sense to me. In the sense that that whole opening scene is kind of a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we man. We set the opening I... out to die. <laughs> even though we got Voler, even though he miraculously survived... He got fucked up in a honestly pretty comedic way. <laughs> yeah, the man took a fucking metal bar to the head on a speeding train. What the fuck? Yeah, it, which was kind of sick in all honesty. How does he not like, have a concussion? How could he still do these calculations? Yeah, my brain was just like, okay, so he's still alive in the future. He's got to have some like head and noticeable head. In oh nope, he's still fine. He's still Mads Mikkelsen is still like as handsome and as as ever. So it's like, yep, just no editing whatsoever. That's. Kind of frustrating, but hey, what can you do? So it turns out that Helena was looking for the dial so she could auction it off at a black market auction. And she went yeah. looking for Indy so she could steal it from him. And mm -hmm. with the CIA hot in her trail, they assume Indy is helping her. And that's how he and Voller get reinvolved again, because the CIA is bankrolling Voller's attempt to claim the dial. Mm -hmm. Until they're not, but by that point he's gone rogue and some of his guards go turn code on the CIA and decide hail Hydra or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Which, I don't know, that part felt kind of, uh, like, weirdly hollow. I don't know, it seems completely realistic to me. Well, no, in the sense of, don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly asking for additional context on why somebody would be a Nazi, but when it's just, like, because we see, like, one of the um, henchmen, like, reading a little book about learning German and all that, but when it's just, there's, like, they're Nazis, I'm like, are they really? Don't get me wrong, I believe you. <laughs> it just well, I feels mean, like it w look, look, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. If it looks like a Nazi, Heil's like a Nazi, Goose Step's like a Nazi, odds are they're not Probably Russian. Probably a Nazi. <laughs> or maybe they are, who knows? Mm. I shouldn't make broad cultural assumptions, but... But yeah, no, Helena's whole thing is that, you know, she's, she's deep in her... God, she's so frustrating. Which is a testament to the writing in her character and her actress. I I do acknowledge that. But she is so goddamn frustrating for most of like the first half of the movie. And it's really funny because I feel like so much of it comes down to just framing. Mm. Because when you think about it, again, she's really not like 
all that much demonstrably worse than Indiana Jones has been historically. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, she does it for profit instead of Discovery, but even Indy was in it for fame and glory and whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Not his only motivation, of course. He's he's very dependable when it counts. Oh, yeah. I think what kind of did it in for me a bit, and it makes sense given her backstory, because it turns out that she is the daughter of, um... Dr. Shaw. Of Dr. Shaw, and Dr. Shaw very sadly is shown to have kind of gone off the deep end um, at the tail end of his life. And she mentions, she kind of blames Indy for it, which is deeply frustrating in its own, but she does mention it's like, you know, didn't really have like a father figure or anyone else to really like lean on and talk to about whatever was bugging her during her life. And so that's part of the reason why she's just kind of gone and made all the bad decisions she's made. Which, again, that aspect does make sense. I get that. I especially get that for someone who does a very good job of showing how brilliant they are. Insane levels of intelligence with crappy childhood. Generally speaking, not a good mix. Nah. (laughs) I did did really like the little allusion to Last Crusade when Mm -hmm. Indy asks, Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father mad? And she goes, mm. wouldn't you? Because that is what happens in Last Crusade. Yeah, pretty much. If I remember right, he gives her like a small smirk and a head nod as is to go. She yeah, goes, it's like, yep, there. Yep. <laughs> she is like, she is not wrong. At the auction, when t- talking about the whip scene, I like mm-hmm. that. I think that's a nice little, it's a callback inversion of the guy doing all the fancy sword tricks that Indy just shoots him. Because now it's Indy doing the sick whip tricks. And then everybody else is like, let's just fucking shoot him. Yeah, it's just it's like... Fuck this, new... you can't get all of us. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a new world, old man. <laughs> We've all got guns now. All of us have guns. Second Amendment, we're in Tangiers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was fun. And then, again, so at this point in the movie, in the second act or so, well, I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to talk about before I kind of jump into that. Uh, Okay, one, one last one. The auction has my favorite line in the whole thing, or the fa- my favorite exchange, when... I think it was during the auction, when Indy and Voller first meet back up and they're talking shit to each other, and mm-hmm. Voller says, you should have stayed in New York, and then Indy just goes, you should have stayed out of Poland. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hard to argue against that. <laughs> really, my favorite line in the whole content. <laughs> really difficult to argue against that, in all honesty, because it's objectively a true statement. <laughs> the yeah. world would have been really better off if the, if you know, it's like, it, just stay the fuck away from Poland. And just... considering what we find out about Voller's plans, that's mm-hmm. that's an extra dig without even yes. knowing it. It's just like, <laughs> thank you for reminding me, Dr. Jones. <laughs> so they go to the Aegean Sea. They go to the Aegean Sea, they meet up with, um... Oh god, what's the fucker's name? I am so Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> um, oh right. Also, there was a very there was a very epic car chase in Tangiers. I like that a lot. Yes, which it was such a good car chase, but it also further solidified my frustration <laughs> with um with Helena. <laughs> they almost had him too. Yeah, they did. It was just like a man fuck getting the dial. Just snap his neck. Yeah, for real. <laughs> You've got a cord around his neck. Just fucking, just tug. Mm. <laughs> just give it an old, just give it the old heave ho. So Indy and Helen discover that the um, what they're looking for to further like find more of the dial is located in the Tangian Sea, and they Aegean Sea. Thank you. And they Indy meets up with Ronaldo to hire a boat with his friends to go and find the 
piece that they're looking for. The During graphicus? this whole the graphicus, yes. Um, during this whole bit, we get one of, in my opinion, the best scene of the whole movie, where Helena asks Indy, if you could go back in time, what would you do? And oh, like, this I, one, yeah. Yeah, and I, she's, he just goes, I would have gone back to tell. I don't think he was referred to as Henry in Crystal Skull. No, he, he was. Sure, yeah. Okay, he's, he's like, I would have gone back in time to stop Henry from enlisting. And she's like, why did he enlist? To piss me off? And it's like. Well, what would you tell him? I would tell him that he would die. That his mother would find inconsolable grief. That his father would be completely helpless to help his mother and that it would destroy our marriage. And it is such a horrifically sad scene. There's no humor to be found in any of it or it's not even trying to like lighten up at all. It is just a, a very, very sad scene. And Harrison Ford just does such a wonderful job of really conveying how much it hurts through both his body language, how he talks, and especially his face. Like, even after all these years, you can see that that still is a heavy toll on his heart. And it's, yeah. it's, it's it, in my opinion, it's like the best scene of the movie. It's like the best acted scene with Harrison Ford in the movie, which is saying something considering that it's Harrison Ford. It's such a powerful scene it really does drive home what i talked about earlier in the non-spoiler section how the movie does not at all shy away from themes of like loss and grief and all of that right so even and if it's like it does kind of suck because i get why they would have done that because you know obviously obviously shia labeouf's whole thing is it's not great to bring him back and also mutt wasn't very popular but yeah jesus you didn't have to do him like that Honestly, I kind of like that they did because it would have been. It's one of those things where it would have been really easy to just kind of write him off as be like, oh, he's got his own life or he's doing his own thing separate from all that, kind of like what they've done with Brian O'Connor in the Fast and Furious movies. This is. I like this a lot because it is heavy, it is hard, and more than anything else, it is final. That's fair. It's one of those things where it's like, you can't question it. Yeah. <laughs> And I enjoyed that. It's not that. Fast and, and the Furious. He's he's dead. Yeah, he's dead, Jim. He's not coming back. <laughs> he is not coming back. There's and no it's holograms like, that's going to get out of this one. Yeah. So I I liked that quite a bit. And with that, I enjoyed how I think it was like the first moment with Helena where she kind of was like, in a weird way, I felt like she was kind of put in her place for a second. Because mm. she doesn't really do anything or say anything. You kind of, she realizes how serious he's being. Yeah. And I think it's the first moment of her going is like, oh, oh, okay, I, I, now I have a better understanding of who I'm working with right now. So they go into the boat, they encounter some eels, which are like snakes, except no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're Joseph so much you, worse. <laughs> they are not similar to snakes, stop saying that. Yes. So they get it, but the Nazis catch up with them, and basically force everybody to help them figure out where they're going, but... Helena and Teddy, who is her short round, essentially, and mm. Indy get away on a little boat. Unfortunately, Ronaldo dies. Indy's very shaken up about it. Mm-hmm. And they determine that actually there was a second level of the puzzle, and that rather than go to, what was it, the Library of Alexandria? Yeah. They are supposed to go to Sicily. So they go to Sicily, and somehow the fucking Nazis catch up with them anyway, which is one of my few genuine problems with this movie. There's no indication of why they knew to go to fucking Sicily. Yeah, specifically Sicily, because it's like, it's shown in the movie that um, Waller is actually like looking at them through the binoculars, and he's just like, they're heading west. It's like, there's a lot of things west, chief. 
Yeah, there's a lot of West. <laughs> so the fact that they landed, they, they got lucky enough to land in, not only land in Sicily, but also capture Teddy. It took me a little bit after we talked about it after the movie, but I was like, you know what? No, that's right. How did they figure that out? There's like no indication from the movie that they actually figured out where exactly they were and that they could catch up to any of them. Maybe it's a thing about... Oh. Mm. Syracuse was part of Sicily. Yeah. Okay. No, that explains it. Because they specifically... Mm. Okay, never mind. They specifically bring up in the movie... Archimedes only ever lived in two places. Oh, that's right. So it makes yeah, sense yeah. that if his tomb is supposed to be in one direction and they're heading in the other, it's probably the other place. Which would just be Syracuse. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yep. Alright, com- yep. complaint, complaint rescinded. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Well done, movie! <laughs> Alright, you shut us down quite expertly. All it took was a little mm. Wikipedia search. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Uh, they capture Teddy. Mm-hmm. And then Indian Helena go racing to find the dial first. Mm-hmm. They find the tomb after going through some death traps with some bugs because you gotta have creepy bugs in an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Very creepy CGI bugs. Oh yeah. Which I was kind of upset a little bit that they only showed up for that one scene. You dropped the fucking bomb that apparently Archimedes <laughs> already used the dial because in his tomb he's wearing a goddamn wristwatch. <laughs> And there's a dragon on the tomb with propellers. Mm. But Nazis show up, take the dial, complete the dial. Turns out, Bowler's whole plan isn't actually to go back and help Hitler win the war. It's replace Hitler and end up winning the war himself. Which, no. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that would have necessarily worked any better. I'm not going to really get too deep into it, but the only way Nazi Germany would have won World War II is if they stopped being Nazis. (laughs) Yeah. That's the that's like literally the simplest explanation I can give, and I kind of hate like some movies definitely do it better than others, and some shows definitely do it better than others. But I do actually kind of hate the thing that pops up, thankfully not very frequently in like movies where it's like, oh, we, the Nazis would win if Hitler wasn't there. It's like no, no, that's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Indy gets shot. They bring him on the plane. Helena and Teddy go to rescue him. Helena gets on the plane barely. Teddy mm-hmm. manages to hotwire another plane and goes flying off after them. Which was kind of cool, but I was also internally going, okay, but how, though? <laughs> well, that was the thing he was doing when he was minding the gate for the auction. Mm. He was doing, like, some kind of flight simulation. I don't know how, because it's the 60s. Yeah. But I guess he was studying it. Mm-hmm. To an extent. And then, shit gets fucking crazy. <laughs> because they actually fly through a time fissure. Yes, and I initially got very excited, because you lean over and like, what's going on? Because their whole plan was to go back to 1939, before Germany invades Poland, to kill Hitler and take his place. Now, when, we, when they go through the fissure in time we see very blurry images of boats attacking a coast. And because of how blurry they are, I'm thinking, oh, they landed on Normandy. Oh, they're so fucked. And then I thought, no, that can't be because it wouldn't have spit them out in Normandy. It would have spit them out in Sicily. Yeah, and then they get closer and they fly closer. And it turns out it's old wooden boats with trebuchet artillery. And it turns out, no, they're not at Normandy during the invasion of France, nor are they during the invasion of Sicily by the U.S. Army. No, this is during the Siege of Syracuse. 
in 212 BC. Yep. The, when the Romans are invading. And I just like start giggling. I'm like, oh, oh, this is so much worse. It turns out Archimedes <laughs> rigged the Antikythera to bring it, whoever tried to use it back there to get help. Yeah. <laughs> and Voler starts freaking the fuck out going, I can't be here. We have to turn back. Yeah. But the plane gets shot down, and then he ends up fucking dying. Which is amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Also, one Nazi's hanging out of the, what do you call it, the the, the trap door in the floor. Oh, the bomb bay. The bomb bay, that's the one. Like, the one that's, like, directly on the bottom of the, yeah, uh, the, yeah. Bottom of the plane? So he's yeah, hanging out of the bomb bay, at, begging Helena for help, and she goes, sorry, you're a Nazi! And kicks him out <laughs> to his death. Which is, again, the only... Only reasonable response. To I love a, not to a even a second like thought. Just not. Yeah, off. yeah. It's like that is the only reasonable response to a situation like that. Get Nazi off my plane. Help. <laughs> get, get get off my plane. But this is my plane. I know what I said. Kid. So her and Indy <laughs> parachute down. All the Nazis end up dying. They end up meeting Archimedes, mm-hmm. and Indy is determined that he's going to stick around and die in yeah. in Syracuse. He's going to be part of history instead. And Helena's begging him, don't do this, don't do this, we have to go back, we're running out of time, the fissure's gonna close, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, and he's just like, no, you don't understand, everything was leading up to this, I'm supposed to be here, it's a stable yeah. loop, I'm supposed to be here, this is where I die, I'm part of history now. And it's all very moving, and I'm genuinely thinking they're gonna pull a Logan and this is where he dies, and he's gonna be immortalized, not known, but he's gonna functionally be immortalized as part of history, even though the world doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. And then Helena just punches him in the face! <laughs> Which even I was kind of like a little aw man at because okay if there's ever a more fitting place for in for Indiana Jones to die, it is dying on the beaches of Syracuse watching the Roman invasion. No, I think with more time to think about it, that would have been mm. a pretty cynical thing. Oh, how so? <laughs> it would have been him fully acknowledging that the world has left him behind and that the only thing left for him is in the past, <laughs> which is pretty sad when you think about it. It is pretty sad, but and I think... And also it... incorrect, because he still has at least one friend. He still has Sala, even though he left him behind. Because, I mean, to be fair, it was going to be a dangerous mission. True. I mean, yeah, that would have been pretty cynical, but I also feel like given Indiana Jones as a person and, like, all the things that he... When it comes to archaeological... Archaeological... Archaeolo- fuck! Rock stuff! <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and history! That's, that's geology. Geology! Fuck off! <laughs> Um, in history, I could not, I was just like, this is literally the best way for him to die, because it's just like, he's surrounded and watching something that he could have only ever dreamed of. Oh, and Archimedes gets Voler's watch, explaining why he had it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just say, like, I think Archimedes, yeah, because he also asked, um, and he also asked Archimedes if it was cool for him to stay, and she, and Helena just was like, no, don't say yes. I was like, who do you think you're talking to? And then she immediately doubles back. It's like, you're a brilliant man. It's like, okay, there we go. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's like, damn, the gall of this woman to tell Archimedes to fuck off. <laughs> so she drags him back to, back to the future. Haha. Mm. And, uh, he ends up reconciling with Marion, which I'm not super invested in because the relationship has always been kind of weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. But good on him, I guess. <laughs> And then Sala and Helena and Sala's kids go out, to, or grandkids rather, go out to get ice cream. Yes. just. And Indy is presumably still wanted in suspicion of the murders that the CIA Nazis committed. Yeah, there's a couple plot holes that are left at the end of this movie that never get picked back up. <laughs> yeah. 
God, that was, uh, we basically just summed up the whole movie, huh? Yes, we did. <laughs> no, I, but I like that a lot. Yeah, I would say even with the whole entire summary, it's still worth experiencing. Yeah. Oh, one little minor note. You don't really see a lot of people smoking cigarettes in movies anymore, and I know this time it was just that it was Voller the Nazi doing it, so it's still a bad guy. But I was like, mm. huh, neat. Yeah, that was a really neat way to really establish that he is indeed the villain. He's a prick. He's smoking. He's gonna get everybody secondhand cancer. Mm-hmm. Second answer, if you yeah. will. <laughs> second answer. Second Nazi answer. Ah. Oh, you don't want secondhand Nazism. That's so much worse. <laughs> no, I like this quite a bit. I mean, Harrison Ford is perhaps... Harrison Ford perhaps has been playing a grumpy old man his entire life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. The building blocks are always there. Mm-hmm. And now that he is genuinely getting on in years, it's magnificent to behold. Mm-hmm. True. I kind of don't have an awful lot else to say now that we've summed up the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Just still, go see the movie. Yeah. It's worth the time. Definitely. In that regard, next week, Mm -hmm. I'm probably not watching four Insidious movies. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Before this this weekend. Because I also have to do Metrocon prep. Yes. And other such things. But on the upside, you know what else comes out that weekend? Hmm. Joyride! Oh, okay. Hell yeah! Yeah, I completely lost track of when that was coming out, so that's encouraging. Alright, look forward to that one. Yes. It's gonna be good. (laughs) In any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. Let us know in the comments if you've seen Indiana Jones, what you thought of it. Yep. Follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TikTok, whatever you feel like doing. I'm on Twitter. I'm still there. (laughs) Elon Musk can have my account when he pries it from my cold, dead hands. (laughs) Wearing a wristwatch. (laughs) Anyways, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we will catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.